Hello and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you are tuning in, and hope that you would be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Lift it up for Jesus. Hallelujah. What a pleasure it is to be in front of all of you this morning in person and online. How y'all doing this morning? Good, 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 good. Y'all look good. Y'all look good this morning. Y'all look good. Oh man, always a pleasure to stand in front of my TCF fam and to bring forth the word. Um, I know he ain't going to be here for the next two months, but I still got a shout out. I got a shout out my main man, my pastor, my brother, senior pastor Brandon Hill and Lady Oticia. We love y'all so much. We love y'all so, so, so much. I was talking to him yesterday while he was changing BJ's diaper, man. That boy love to eat, man. He love to eat. He love to eat. So, so happy, ecstatic for them as they walk into this, not just new season, new reality. Amen. It's not like they can give him back to the hospital. <laughs> oh, man. So to all of you who are just joining us here today, um, first of all, um, thank you so much to all for the birthday love, for buying my book. Amen. This has been an amazing week. God has been gracious. Um, he allowed me to see 28 years of life this past Monday. I know for a lot of people that don't mean much, but I know a lot of people who haven't seen 10, 15, 20, 30. So I'm just grateful for another year grateful for the vision he has given me for liberated and empowered it is on amazon please go get it amen it'll bless your life amen and as og said it's volume one so i got two more coming for y'all amen but i want y'all to enjoy the first one go get the first one amen amen come to me come with me excuse me to psalm 92 psalm 92 And I want to lift up one verse in your hearing this morning, verse 13. Psalm 92, verse 13. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. <laughs> Brittany back there being shady. <laughs> and it reads, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say amen. We have been in an awesome, awesome message series for the month of October called Rooted. Who has been enjoying the message series so far? Amen, amen. And the purpose of this message series is to preach, to convey, um, to teach about the importance, the significance about being rooted in Jesus Christ and remaining rooted in Jesus Christ. Amen. This message series has been so rich. And so if you haven't seen Pastor Brandon's first message and OG's, Pastor OG's last two messages, please go on our YouTube channel and watch them. They are so rich, so much content, so much great word. I want you to really watch those. Amen. Because I ain't got time to go through all of it today. But I really want y'all to watch those messages. Um, such amazing, rich, rich study of the word. 
And so we've been talking about remaining rooted in Christ. And today, I want to continue in that same vein, talking about remaining rooted in Christ's body, which is the church. Amen. A lot of times we like to separate the two, but the Bible clearly tells us in 1 Corinthians that the church is his body. Amen. I remember on Acts chapter 9 when uh, Jesus appeared to Saul, he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And it's not that Saul was actually persecuting Jesus. He really weren't near Jesus during his earthly ministry. But Jesus said, you're persecuting me because you're persecuting my church. I identify with my church. So there's no separation between the two. And so here we are in Psalm 92. We don't know who um, the author of this psalm is, amen, and it really don't matter, amen. Uh, if God wanted us to know who wrote this psalm, he would have put it in there, amen. To all of y'all who, who like, all oh, the lost books of the Bible, why, what happened to all the books? If God wanted 70 books, 72 books, 75 books of the Bible, they would be 70, 72, 75. There's 66 books, because God wanted it to be 66 books, amen. It's his word, amen. Put some respect on his name. Somebody say, put some respect, put some respect. So Psalm 92, I don't know which version of the Bible, excuse me, which version of the Bible that you have, but in certain versions it reads at the top that Psalm 92 is a psalm, a song for the Sabbath day. Now what is the Sabbath? Um, let's go to Leviticus um, 23. Hey y'all, my name is Boomi, and I would like to invite y'all to go ahead and download our TCF app if you don't already have it. If you do have it, just know we have some new updates coming for you. You'll be able to connect with us, gain access to our exclusive content, see our live experience, and sermons. You'll have access to this app in either the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. Don't miss out. And remember, transformation starts here. Leviticus 23, verses 1 through 3. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying... Speak to the children, somebody say children, children of Israel, and say to them, the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, these are my feasts. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work on it. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So in this um, scripture, we see um, a model, the model that God said when he created the world. He created the world in six days, and Genesis records um, that on the seventh day, he ceased from his work, and he rested. He didn't rest, in, excuse me, he didn't rest as if he needed to rest. It wasn't like he was going to sleep. He rested because the work was finished. And so he set aside the seventh day as the Sabbath, the day of rest, because the work had been completed. And so he tells his chosen people, the Israelites, six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest. And I want you to look at that word that says holy convocation. Holy convocation. That holy, that word holy in the Hebrew means sacred. And that word convocation in the Hebrew, it means something called out, a public meeting. That Hebrew word, excuse me, word for convocation is the equivalent to the Greek word ekklesia, which means a calling out, a popular meeting, a religious congregation. That is the word in the New Testament that um, stands for, that translates as the church. And so he says, six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. The Sabbath on the seventh day of the week, which we know as Saturday, the Sabbath was a day of rest and community worship in Israel. They would work six days, and on that seventh day, the Sabbath day, they would cease from their work, and they would come together as a nation, and they would worship God together. Anybody seeing uh, connections between uh, what we do now? 
is we do the same thing. Christians, most Christians meet for worship on Sunday in reverence of the day of Jesus' resurrection, as we see um, in Acts 20. And we regard Sunday rather than Saturday as their weekly day of rest. And so we see even in the Old Testament, it continues on even to this new dispensation that we have a designated day where we come together as a community of believers and we assemble together to worship the true and living God. Somebody say amen. amen. And so let's go to back to Psalm 92. The verse says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord refers to the temple in Jerusalem, also known as Solomon's temple. How do I know this is Solomon's temple? In 2 Samuel chapter 7, a God speaks to David. He says, when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name. Somebody say God's name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And then David in First Chronicles, he talks and he speaks to the nation of Israel. And he says, and of all my sons, for the Lord has given me many, he has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. Now God said to me, it is your son Solomon who shall build my house. Somebody say God's house. Who shall build my house and my courts. And so this temple in Jerusalem, we designated as Solomon's temple, not only because he built it, but because approximately 400 years later, it was destroyed by the Babylonians. And so it was rebuilt by other people, by other notable people. But this temple that we're talking about in this context, we're referring to Solomon's temple. This stationary temple replaced the portable tabernacle, the tent of the meeting that the Israelites had to set up and tear down as they moved from place to place. Kind of reminds us back of our old days at the gathering place. We was a portable church, amen? We had to tear up and sit down, tear up the chairs, set up the instruments, and tear it back down. But just like God did for the Israelites, he did for us. He moved us from a portable movement, a portable movement, to a stationary place. And so this is what the temple in Jerusalem, Solomon's temple is. It is a stationary temple. It became the new center of worship in ancient Israel. So similar to the tabernacle and the tent of meeting, the Jerusalem temple, Solomon's temple, comprised three major sections. You have the most holy place. This is where the high priest was permitted to enter once a year to make atonement for the sins of Israel, including himself. Inside the most holy place contained the Ark of the Covenant. This is where um, the high priest would sprinkle the blood of a sacrificial animal on the mercy seat. Somebody say mercy. Mercy. This was obviously a foreshadowing of what Christ would do for us, sprinkling his blood on the mercy seat to redeem us from sin. The most holy place was separated from all the other sections by a large, thick veil. And when Jesus died, when he said it, the work is finished, that thick veil tore in half from top to bottom, symbolizing that once now on the outside of God's presence, we now have access to the Father, access to intimacy with the Father. So we have the most holy place. Then we have the holy place. This is where the priests um, would go in and they would handle all the different items, the golden altar of incense, the golden table for the bread of presence, the golden lampstands. These pieces of furniture and items were not allowed to be handled by um, the people of Israel, only the priests. Amen. How many of y'all got some fine china in your house that you don't want nobody else touching? Amen. Some nice things, some nice furniture, some nice glassware that I don't care who it is, cousins, whoever, I touch it. Only people in our family would get to touch it. It was only privy, only they were allowed to touch and handle these items. And then lastly, we have the courts. Um, I'm going to show you, uh, Brittany, show them the image that I've provided. All right. 
So this is the temple in Jerusalem. This is Solomon's temple. So um, it consisted of two courts. And so what you see on the very outside, the very outside, that small door at the bottom, that golden door, that is the gate, that is the door that leads into the outer court. The outer court, that space, that open space that you see is where the Israelites were allowed to gather. Again, they weren't allowed in the actual um, temple and they weren't allowed in the inner court. You see that second golden door in the middle there? That led into the inner court and that's where only the priests were allowed. But that outer court, that open space, that is where the nation of Israel would gather together to worship the Lord. That space right there. And so as I said, inner court priest only, but the outer great court open to all Israel. This is where they would gather every seventh day, every Sabbath. This is where they would gather to worship the Lord. Amen. That's where they would gather. Although the courts were situated outside of the actual temple building, they were still considered part of the temple. It wasn't two separate things. The courts, even though they were on the outside, they were still considered as part of the temple. I know this because in Jeremiah 26, um, uh, excuse me, Jeremiah 26 verses 1 through 2, um, the Bible says that in the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came from the Lord saying, thus says the Lord, stand in the court of the Lord's house. The court was a part of the Lord's house. Even though it was on the outside physically, it was still considered a part of the Lord's house. The Lord's house comprised the actual temple and the inner and outer courts. And he says, speak to all the cities of Judah, excuse me, of Judah who have come to worship in the Lord's house. They assembled in the outer court, but they were still in the Lord's house. Amen. They were still in the Lord's house. This is where we get, um, this is how we familiarize, how we're familiarized with that scripture from Psalm 104. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That's not figurative language. He's talking about the gates. The gates in Hebrew means doors. He said, enter into that first door. All you Israel, enter into those doors with thanksgiving and enter into his courts, which you enter in through the gate, enter into his courts with praise. It's not figurative language. We're actually talking about a real building where people really gather to really worship the true and living God. Amen. Amen. And so he says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. The two courts. So that was for the priests too. It wasn't just for the people of Israel. The priests had their own inner court. But priests, you still got to enter into the inner court with praise and with thanksgiving. And so Psalm 92, let's go back. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. The house of the Lord. We've been on an agricultural uh, train in these past couple messages. And so let me break it down. The house of the Lord is the soil. The house of the Lord is the soil. What do you put in soil? Seeds. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, those individuals, those are the seeds. Seeds planted, placed in the soil of the house of the Lord. That word flourish in the Hebrew, it means to break forth as a bud, to bloom, to come into full maturity, to to thrive, to prosper. Why will these seeds flourish? Because as Pastor Brandon stated in his first message, they were planted in the right soil. Those who are planted where? In the house of the Lord. 
That's important. Because even back then, even as it is now, God was not the only deity who had temples erected in his name. In 1 Samuel, we're we're, uh, given an account of how the Philistines um, captured the Ark of the Covenant from the Israelites due to their own disobedience. And they brought the Ark of the Covenant into a temple to a false god named Dagon. And the Bible records, and I love this, I love this account so much. The Bible records that when they put the Ark of the Covenant next to the statue of Dagon, when they woke up the next day, they saw the statue of Dagon falling right before the Ark of the Covenant. And then the next day after they put it back up, they went back in the next morning and not only was the statue of Dagon falling, but it was split in two. And they trying to figure out what happened. Ain't none of us been in this temple. How did it fall before the Ark of the Covenant, the symbol of the presence of the Holy One Triune God? How did it fall and how did it split in two? Can I bring you to Philippians 2? For all knees, every knee shall bow at the name of Jesus. So even a false deity, even the statue of a false deity had to bow in the presence of a holy God in the temple of a false God this statue they didn't stay overnight y'all they wasn't sleeping overnight when it was placed next to the ark of the covenant even the statue had to bow down in the presence of the Lord. I'm getting happy right now. I don't know what y'all, I don't know what y'all feeling. But every knee shall bow above in the earth and below the earth. Every knee shall bow at the name of God. At the name of Jesus Christ. They are planted in the right soil because they're planted in whose house? The Lord's house. I'm talking about the triune God. You know you got to be specific out here nowadays because a whole lot of gods out here. I'm talking about the triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three persons in one. One God in three persons. That's the God who I'm talking about. In the house of the Lord. Notice, so we see, excuse me, we see why Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. They flourish, they thrive, they prosper, they will break forth as a bud, they will bloom, they will come into full maturity because they are planted in the right soil. But notice the verse. Where will they flourish? In the courts of our God. What did I say the courts were? The courts were the people of Israel assembled together in worship. So those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish among the assembly. They shall flourish in the courts, the courts where all the people gathered together to assemble, where all the Israelites were commanded. Remember that verse from Leviticus. God says, speak to the children, not just one child, not just the priest. Speak to all of Israel. Go on the seventh day. Go and worship me. Back then before the temple, it was the tent of meeting, the tabernacle. But even with the temple, even with this new building, even though it's stationary, even though it's new now, you still must gather in the presence of the Lord on the seventh day and worship. And he says, these people shall flourish in the courts among the assembly. In the assembly. Why is this important? What's the connection here? What's the connection? As I said, that word holy holy convocation in Leviticus is the equivalent to ecclesia in the Greek meaning the church. The called out ones. We have been called out from the world. Called out to come together to assemble in his presence. As much as we try to separate the assembly and forsake the assembly. 
don't you understand how important this is to the Lord? That even before New Testament, he set up a model. He set up a pattern. He set up instruction for his people to gather together, to come together and worship him in the assembly. Christ, the church, is his body. Those of us who are the believers, the true genuine believers and followers of Jesus Christ, we are his body. And we call to come together, to assemble together. But here's, here, here's, here's an issue that we face, especially in our time today. Church hurt. Can I go there? John Hagee says that church hurt, it misinforms and distorts one's image and perception of God. Pastor Brandon, excuse me, that's not what he said. Um, That's something else uh, somebody else said. This is what John Hagee said. Many today have rejected assembling together with the body of Christ. They have been wounded by this imperfect collection of people that are the family of God. As I said, we are his body. But this body of Christ, this body that comprises individuals from all nations, all tribes, all creeds, we are still fallen human beings. The spirit of God lives on the inside of us. We are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and yet we still fall short. And at multiple times throughout our lives, That manifestation of the fallen nature manifests itself in various different ways. If you go through the book of Galatians chapter 5, you'll see all, not even an exhaustive list, but all the works of the flesh. Envy, fights, gossip, sexual immorality. The list goes on and on and on and on. And so when it comes to assembling together because of the very real wounds, can I take some time to validate the pain that some of you have actually suffered at the hands of people in church and church leadership? Your pain is valid. Some people have been abused by those who profess the name of Jesus, those who carried the title of pastor, bishop, apostle. Financially abused, mentally abused, sexually abused, which also leads to mental messed up, mental abuse. Physical abuse, betrayal, mistreatment, bullying. People are wounded because the people who carried the title, who carried the profession, who claimed that they professed the name of the professed the name of the Lord, hurt them and wounded them. And like Pastor Brandon said, the devil, don't you know that the devil will use even the people of God when they are not submitted to the Holy Spirit? He will even use them to challenge your perspective of God. Your church hurt goes beyond what they did to you. It's challenging what you believe about God because these people were supposed to be representing God and they wounded you and they hurt you and they abused you. So that pain that you feel, that pain that you're still working to work out 7 and 14 and 20 years after the fact, it hurts you so much because this God who you reverence, you believe the people who was supposed to demonstrate him to you. Wounded you and hurt you. The pain is real, y'all. The pain is so real. But I want to encourage you this morning. And... Um, exhort you. I am not excusing 
nothing that they've anyone has done to you. Some of you have lived through it this, uh, yourself in this room online right now. I excuse nothing. We all are held accountable. We all have to give an account. And if they don't get it here, they're going to get it up there. Particularly if they're not really of us. Because some people who abused y'all really weren't of us. They were masquerading. And so if they don't get it here, trust me, they're going to get it there. You don't have to wait. I know you're waiting for that court case. I know you're waiting for charges to be filed. But trust me, if it don't happen here, judgment is coming. And you may not see it here. You may not see it in your lifetime. But trust in the God who says that I am the righteous judge. It will not go unjudged. But even in the midst of that, I want to encourage you and remind you. Just how the Israelites came into the temple and worshipped God. Look to God. I love what Priscilla Shire says. There has already been a perfect one, and his name is Jesus the Christ, and we are not he. Why do you think Hebrew says looking unto who? Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. I know I'm your pastor. I'm not supposed to teach you and lead you, and I have responsibility, and I'm supposed to be held accountable, but don't look to me. Because I'm not the author and finisher of your faith. Looking unto Jesus, the perfect one, the sinless one. Psalm 63 says, thus I have seen you, not your people, but thus I have seen you in your sanctuary to declare how good and how great you are. I've seen you. And when I fix my eyes on you, I realize that there is none like you. Jeremiah 10, 6, that there is none like you. I want, do y'all actually believe that when it says none like you, he's not saying there's none like you, well, and a couple other people. There's none like you and a couple other guys. There is none like God. Numbers 23, I can just go down the scriptures. God is not like man. We can just stop right there. I know the verse says God is not like man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. But the verse, I can just go on that that says that God is not like man. You've been hurt and wounded by these people who carried on the title. And so you think that God can sin against you. You think that God is out to wound you. Do you know where that abuse comes from? That sexual abuse, that physical abuse, that financial abuse? It comes from the pit of hell. You got to attribute things to the right source. That's coming from the devil and his demons himself. That's not coming from God. People allow themselves to be influenced by spirits. Y'all keep playing with the spirit world, going with your with your, your, your tarot cards and your Ouija boards, and you think this stuff is not serious. You open yourselves up to spirits, and you find yourselves doing things that you never thought that you did because you weren't walking by the spirit. And you think it's a game. First Peter 5 says, be sober. Be sober-minded. And stay on guard. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. He's talking to us. When I keep my eyes on the perfect one, I can regard my brothers and sisters in Christ for who they are. Saved. Being continually sanctified. Sanctification is for us. 
God don't need to be sanctified because he's already perfect, been perfect, always will be perfect. There's no work in him that needs to take place to reach. He, Jesus, the Bible says Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Sanctification is for us. And so why should you not forsake this? Not only because God has demonstrated it out through the Old Testament. Not, that he, not only because he's continued it on through the New Testament. Show them Ephesians. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Paul is talking to the Gentiles. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom, when it says in whom, it's talking about Jesus. In whom the whole building being fitted together, somebody say together, together. grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In whom, also talking about Jesus, in whom, in Jesus, you are also being built together. We are being built together. We are being built together, not in isolation. Yes, God is doing a work in you in some in certain seasons where he has to maybe put you in a season of isolation so he can work on you and purge you. But you're not supposed to stay in isolation forever. Even in isolation, you can still be in community because we are being built together as a body. If you the finger and I'm the hand and you the nose, how are, we supposed to, um, how are we supposed to operate if there's no body to attach ourselves to? We all working together. You are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Forsaking the assembly is not the answer. Hey, what's up guys? I'm Leticia. And I'm Boomi. And we are from Transformation Music. And we are so excited to let you guys know that we just released our first ever single. It's called Be Exalted. And it's available right now on all platforms. You can find it on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, you name it, it's there. So go ahead and download it right now. We're so excited to share this with you and we hope you enjoy it too. Absolutely. And as always, Transformation starts I know you're hurting. I know, if you have, I know some of you have suffered serious wounds by those. But you suffered at the hands of individuals in a specific local assembly. Not every pastor and leader is an abuser. Not every pastor and leader is appropriating your funds. Not every pastor is having, is being promiscuous, excuse me, promiscuous and laying with children and people. Not every church leader is doing these things, these horrible, evil things. Not every church is doing that. And some of you are making, you are, some of you are punishing the body, the whole entire body because of experiences. You're punishing the body. There are some who walk in integrity. There are some who are kind, who walk out the fruit of the Spirit, who are not living contradictions. There are some. And maybe you need to take some time. Break away from that church that's doing that foolishness. Allow God to heal and restore you so that he can lead you to a place that is true, that is integral. Some of you left not because you were truly wounded, because you were offended. Some of you left 
because you heard the truth and the truth offended you. Say the difference between hurt, you know, that word hurt is so general. Sometimes we can mix up a whole lot of things in there. When I'm talking about hurt, I'm talking about serious abuse. I'm talking about mistreatment and all those things. But some of y'all, y'all were wounded by the truth. Some of you didn't want to submit to authority. Some of you were trying to walk into God's house, trying to do your own thing. And so when you leave the church, you go on TV shows and you go on Instagram and you go on YouTube saying, yeah, I left the church because so-and-so. Some of y'all not being honest. People tried to hold you accountable and you didn't like it. Some people tried to check up on you. Where you been last night? Was you out so-and-so? I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm just trying to tell you that you can be better, that the spirit of God can walk you do better. But you didn't want to hear the truth. You left and so you cursed the church. The Bible says, speak the truth in love. Don't you know he uses the other members of the body in the sanctification process? How am I going to get sanctified in a closet by myself? We partner with each other to not only walk out the gospel, but to help each other in that sanctification process. God has given us gifts, spiritual gifts, to use for the edification of the body. How am I going to use those gifts if I forsake the assembly? If I forsake the place that he wants me to be in to demonstrate and, and use those gifts for the edification of his body I can go on and on and on about the assembly and not forsaking it but I want to take you back as we close I want to take you back to the verse it says those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish when you forsake the local assembly the people of God you're just not escaping the bad you're escaping the benefits When you make that commitment to renounce the church and renounce going to church and not just going to church, but being planted and, 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 and ingrained in church, you're not only missing out on opportunities to get hurt and missing out on opportunities to see people's flesh manifest. You're missing out on the opportunity to flourish. Does anybody want to flourish in here? spiritually and don't you know that when you flourish spiritually it pours over into every aspect of your life relationships finances it pours over and so I can tell you all day long this is why you should go this is why you can this is why you should come to church this is why you should be planted this is why you should be ingrained but I really want to leave you in this do you do you want to be do you want to flourish do you want to thrive do you want to prosper don't you know that sometimes the blessings is in the house of God? Some of y'all looking for doctors, lawyers, and teachers. Don't you know if that you get ingrained in the mission of a local church, you can find, my grandmother used to say, it's in the house. Everything that you need is in the house. Some of y'all are missing out on opportunities to flourish, to grow, to thrive as God has ordained, as God has set up. I want to flourish. And I've been flourishing. Flourishing don't mean that you don't go through stuff. Flourishing even means that even when I'm in the pit, even when I'm going through trials and tribulations, because I'm planted, because I'm rooted, I'm still flourishing. Even when things are not going my way, I'm still flourishing. I'm still prospering. I'm still thriving. Even when things are not good because I'm rooted and I'm planted in his house. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish i know you think you can flourish on your own in isolation in your closet 
Don't you know the beauty of technology nowadays? Even if you can't be here in person, you can still be plugged into a local assembly online. Yeah. Everybody on Zoom now, amen? So we meeting for all types of stuff. We meeting for uh, Bible studies and life groups and things like that. You can still be plugged in even if you can't get here physically. It's about being plugged in. It's about using your gifts to edify the local assembly so that we can grow, so that we can expand to the areas, so that we can reach people with the gospel and see transformation. God wants to use you. He wants to use all that you have. And if we were all to come together and partner together, that's why we say partner. We just don't call each other members. We are partners. That's why we partner together. So when you do your part, you do your part, you do your part, you do your part, you do your part. We see the flourishing, not even just with the physical building. I'm talking about flourishing. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. Some of you are missing out on the flourishing. I want to flourish. I want to flourish in ways that I don't even know. I've been flourishing and I want to see more flourishing. I want to see more thriving. I want to see God prospering even me, prospering me even more. Don't you know that when he blesses you individually, he blesses corporately as well? Flourishing in the courts where the people are assembled. Stand to your feet. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, I want to invite you to come into relationship with him. I was just reflecting on my relationship with the Lord yesterday and I was like, God, we've been walking together for a long time. There's such a beauty and a radiance that the infinite God, the transcendent God, wants to be in relationship with me. That he delights in and I delight in him. It is better than a marriage. And I already know I, I ain't even married yet. And I can testify that a relationship with the Lord is the greatest relationship you will ever have. He will walk with you through ups, downs, failures, disappointments. I want you to be rooted in Christ. So if you don't have a relationship with him, I invite you to come into this relationship. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What are you being saved from? The eternal consequences of sin. We are not only guilty of sin by nature, but also by action. But God in his mercy sent his son. He took on the sin debt. He paid the insurmountable debt of sin that rested on each one of our lives. And when we accept him as Lord and Savior, we are saved and sealed with the Holy Spirit. OG says that, I remember OG said last Sunday that the Holy Spirit is a pledge, he's a down payment on that future inheritance, that future glorification that we shall receive. So if that's not you, I want you to text transform to 94000. We wanna show you the steps to salvation. It's not by works. You can't do anything to earn it and obtain it. You must believe by faith. If you are a believer, but you strayed away, 
not even just from church, but you strayed away from God. I remember being in a season where I still was a believer and I always will be, amen, because I'm sealed. But I had strayed away. My devotion had weakened. And I thought I had to jump over hoops to get back to God. And all God said was, Dominique, just come back to me. You don't have to do anything. That's what Galatians talks about. That's what I talk about in my study. We're just so used to doing, 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 doing. Just believe. Just come to him. He will empower you through the Holy Spirit to do that which pleases him. Trying to do it on your own will lead you into exhaustion and failure every single time. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, text that same word to that same number. And lastly, if you need a church home, we have arms open wide here. We would love to walk with you and shepherd you and walk out this thing called life together as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I'm, we are so unselfish that it really don't even matter whether or not it's here. We want you to be ingrained and planted in some local assembly where you can grow. We would love to have you here, but we want you to be planted somewhere where they're teaching the word, where they're walking, where they're discipling, where they're preaching the gospel, where they're empowering you to use your gifts. We want you to be in a local assembly where you can grow in the assembly. If you need a church home and if you've been watching this and you've been seeing us and you want to be a part, we have arms open wide. We have so much for y'all to be a part of, to grow this vision. And we want you to be a part in person or online. Our hearts and minds clear. Hallelujah. Give it up for Jesus. Pastor OG is coming to give the offering. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you would subscribe so you can continue to be empowered by the latest message. For more information about Transformation Christian Fellowship or Pastor Brandon Hill, visit our website, transformationchristianfellowship.org, or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to the number 94000 or visit our website. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, Transformation starts here.